Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to our latest Facebook. Uh, okay, let me try that again. Now I'm live. It says it almost was live. A lot of spinning, and so hope everyone is doing well. Uh, today is the 14th of July. It's hard to believe we're halfway through July almost, and I hope everyone's enjoying the summer. I hope those of you in academics are getting used to your new residents and new fellows and that everything is going well. Um, it's always that transition that's challenging, maybe this year a little bit more challenging, but hopefully it will be a terrific year and we're all excited about the possibilities. Now, on the Facebook Live in general, I try to discuss different topics, uh, usually the very radiology focused, you know, pearls or pitfalls, errors, talk about bladder cancer or pancreatic cancer, talk about AI. But today we're going to talk about something that I think will have a major impact on radiology long term. Though short term, you may not be thinking about it. Now, one of the things we know is that developments in other specialties change how we practice. So when chemotherapy changes, when new developments change, um, it affects how we image patients, what information we need to do when we send information back to the referring physicians. And we know there's always new cancer agents coming along. We know that when something like checkpoint inhibitors, which seems to have incredible possibilities, come along, we also know that it has complications, particularly in the bowel. And so we need to be aware of that, that if a patient's on a checkpoint inhibitor, we need to know how tumors respond with necrosis, can get larger in the beginning, then get smaller, but also we need to know about complications. So changes in our colleagues' work, a new surgical procedure, laparoscopic surgery, uh, all sorts of different things affect how we practice. So that's our job to keep up to date. We go to tumor boards, we learn about new things, we learn about the importance of genetic markers and the like. Well, one of the most important things that is here now, but really is gonna truthfully evolve very quickly is something called liquid biopsy. Now, what is a liquid biopsy? We all know what a biopsy is. You're sampling tissue, right? Needle, we do lots of that in radiology. But a liquid biopsy, and I'm gonna give you the source of all information that's good, that's Wikipedia. So here's what Wikipedia says. A liquid biopsy, also known as fluid biopsy or fluid phase biopsy, is for the sampling and analysis of non-solid biological tissue, primarily blood. Like traditional biopsy, this type of technique is mainly used as a diagnostic and monitoring tool for diseases such as cancer, with the added benefit of being largely non-invasive. Liquid biopsies may also be used to validate the efficiency of a cancer treatment drug by taking multiple samples in a span of a few weeks. The technology may also prove beneficial for patients after treatment to monitor response. That all sounds great. And if you look at the types of liquid biopsy, almost all of it is really blood. There's some work done on amniotic fluid, there's some work done on cerebral spinal fluid, but essentially it's blood. And when I typically talk about liquid biopsies, at least in the work that I do, in the work I think about, is really for cancer. Now, what liquid biopsy is, and a lot of the work was done at Hopkins, Bert Bogostein, Ken, Ken Kinsler, Papadopoulos, and they formed a company called Thrive, which is now part of Exact Sciences. But what they did was, 
thinking that, okay, if I see a small tumor on CT that's a sonometer, that's a good call, but those are billions of cells. In the blood, there are circulating cells earlier. So can I detect tumors when there are thousands of cells? And that's what a liquid biopsy is. It's to look and detect early. You can imagine long-term, it will be part of your physical exam. You draw blood for cholesterol, white count, red blood cell count, all the things you do, but you also do a liquid biopsy. And with a liquid biopsy, as I'm thinking of, is, is the early detection of cancer. It may be <clears throat> so early that you can't image it, <clears throat> but it's early detection of cancer. And <clears throat> I truly wish I had a drink nearby, but I don't. So anyway, it's early detection of cancer. So let me tell you what I know based on the work that was done at Hopkins. I will tell you just um, the two big companies one and two, there are a number of companies working in the liquid biopsy space, but the biggest ones are Thrive, and the other one is Grail. Grail is part of Illumina, or was part of Illumina, now it's coming back. They're the leaders, okay? So the liquid biopsy done at Hopkins Thrive, which was called Cancer Seek, it was initially evaluated in the Geisinger Health System where they looked at over 10,000 women who were getting their annual physical, and they volunteered to get the biopsy or the liquid biopsy, which meant just blood. And if your liquid biopsy was positive twice, we then used PET-CT to look for a primary tumor. Now in the beginning with liquid biopsies, true for both Thrive and Grail, all you got back was positive or negative. Now a lot of work is being done, so it doesn't come back positive or negative, it comes back positive stomach, positive pancreas, positive kidney. And for things to really be valuable, it needs to be specific, right? Because if you tell me the patient has a cancer, where exactly do I look? And that's why we did a contrast-enhanced PET-CT because we were looking everywhere, okay? And that worked out very well. There's an article published, first author was Lennon in Science, showing that was a good way of detecting early cancers. Cancers from thyroid to lung cancer to colon to ovary and the like were detected. So. It was very successful, and the study is going to go on to a new study looking at large number of patients, looking not only at women, but at men, and looking at how much of an impact liquid biopsy plays. Because you can imagine, if you went to a physical every year and got a liquid biopsy, came back positive, could we find the tumor resected or treated earlier? The Look, pancreatic cancer, which has an 8% survival, if you pick it up stage one or stage zero, your survival is 80%. So we know the earlier we can detect things, the better it is. With the newest versions of the liquid biopsies, it'll say liquid biopsy positive stomach, as I mentioned, and so we'll be able to do endoscopy or CT or whatever else we need to do to be able to find and treat the patient earlier. So that becomes very, very important. You think about the possibilities of early detection. We use CT for screening, but you know, if you pick up a one centimeter mass, you think you're a superhero. We're talking about picking things up when it's thousands of cells, not billions of cells. So if this liquid biopsy stuff works, and it looks like it will, and surely it's gonna be tested for a number of years, and the only question is how good is it gonna be and how it's used, well, you're gonna see a lot more imaging, right? Because someone's gonna say the liquid biopsy is positive for the GI tract. And now you're gonna be looking for a primary tumor in the GI tract. 
whether it's CT or PET or we use MR, whatever we use, you can see where imaging is gonna play a major role because no one's gonna treat anybody or treat somebody based on a liquid biopsy because you need tissue. You gotta find the malignancy. One challenge that always comes up, I think about it, everyone thinks about it, is liquid biopsy is so good, maybe it picks up cells where we can't find the pathology. Just because you say it's stomach, I'm not gonna resect the entire stomach if I don't see anything. No one's gonna treat that way. But that is the challenge with liquid biopsy. We'll see what happens over the years as we know more, but how do you treat patients with a positive liquid biopsy? Currently, they'll get a one-year follow-up. Even if it's positive in one year, if there's nothing found, they'll stop there and assume it's a false positive biopsy. But people always ask the question, how do you know it's a false positive? Maybe it's actually a true positive, but your inability is to pick up a smaller tumor. It's also interesting people ask the question, remember, um, we, we all develop cancer cells, and usually we have uh, lymphocytes and all sorts of protectors that take it out of the bloodstream, and before you develop a real cancer, it's gone. Could you be picking up early tumors that really then are taken care of by the body's immune system and it never really becomes a problem. So there's lots of interest, lots of things we need to know. People also wanna know about tumor occurrence. You can imagine that if your liquid biopsy is positive then you get treated, you'll be able to figure out that you get all the cells. Why do some people respond and some people don't? Perhaps people have more extensive tumor than we think a grade one colon may be grade one, but in some patients, maybe tumor has spread and they really need chemotherapy. Can this liquid biopsy tell us who those patients are? Um, this whole idea about next generation imaging, next generation is really liquid biopsy is a tremendous part. And here's just a statement. This is from Grail. They're having this meeting on early cancer detection this coming August. Not part of it but I think I will read about it. While targeted cancer treatments in immune oncology have resulted in improvement of cancer survival, far too often the benefits are limited to a small subset of patients or the benefits are of limited duration before the cancer returns. Uh, far too often these outcomes are limited by late diagnosis once the cancer has metastasized and developed extensive mutations. The chance of treating a patient effectively is significantly enhanced if the cancer is diagnosed at an early stage. Unfortunately, there are limited types of cancer for which good screening tests are available, and most even screen for a single type of cancer. Significant progress is being made across a range of different categories of biomarkers with the aim of detecting multiple types of cancer earlier, particularly in asymptomatic patients. The technical challenges of developing and validating such tests are significant, as are some of the other challenges for commercializing such tests. Can the economic cost of early detection early testing be justified by the improved outcomes? What other health economic issues need to be addressed? What level of PPV and NPV will be needed to justify regulatory approval and insurance reimbursement? These issues and more will be discussed. That sounds like a great session, a great panel, and in this case, it's a two-day meeting. So it's really gonna be, how will we change medicine to really understand how you use something like a liquid biopsy, how would you do these processes? It's not really simple, right? It's a very, very difficult set of questions, but we need to be talking about them now because this is coming along. 
and it's coming along very quickly because you could imagine the, the financial implications of such an opportunity. So there are a lot of companies, I mentioned two of them, uh, but there are many more, Foundation Health, many more companies, and everyone's looking early, early, everyone's looking for early detection. So I think it's very exciting. Um, I guess I could ask the question, what do you think about it? Uh, anything, anyone have any comments? I'm looking here at my comment page. I don't, maybe look at the wrong page, but I don't see any comments. Uh, a number of you are online, so I can see uh, uh, that you're there. But again, um, let us know what you think. Let us know if you think this will work, how it will affect you. Again, we talk about AI, but all the things that sit under AI, one of them is surely gonna be liquid biopsies. And again, a very, very important part of what we do, an important part of the future of medicine and the, the future of radiology. So if you have any questions, you can email me. I hope this helps. And I hope this excites you because this is very exciting. There's a lot of what we can do. There's a lot of changes coming and we're all very excited to see these changes. So with that, I will wish everyone a happy Thursday, July 14th, 12, 14 p.m. I hope you have a great day, a great rest of the week, a great rest of the month, and a great summer. And with that, I say thanks to everybody for showing up. Catch you later. Bye.